Let us remain standing as we say what we believe together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. be seated. As we move to worshiping God with our morning offering, I want to remind you that the gifts that you place in the plate and give online here at First United Methodist Church bring, come together to create wonderful ministry, such as youth ministry and children's ministry and gift to Gadsden. Together we are doing extraordinary things in this community for the Lord. Let us pray. God, I thank you for your generosity and the generosity of your people. God, it is incredible to consider how we come together to do great things in your name. And I just pray that you would continue to allow that to happen, that you would bless these gifts, multiply them in their use, and guide us in their use for your glory and for the coming of your kingdom. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
may be seated. As we move in time to our time of pastoral prayer, just a prayer request for the celebration service uh, and also a word of celebration for those of you who worship there with that community from time to time. James Kelly, who has been faithfully serving this church for 17 years today was his last Sunday. He's taken another job and uh, will not be able to be here on Sunday morning. So um, we give thanks for his service to this church. And if you happen to see him out and about, tell him thank you and how much we appreciate him in that service. Let us pray. God, you are so faithful. And your faithfulness is with us today. As we come to you bringing prayer concerns for this church and our community and our world and our personal lives. God, you know our needs even before we speak them. And you know the needs which are heavy on our heart today. And we just pray through an outpouring of your Holy Spirit that you would bring healing and hope and grace to all those needs around us. And also, dear God, that you would draw us closer to you uh, in our life of discipleship and following you. Forgive us our sins. Strengthen us for the journey. Bless us. Bless this church. May we, may our lives overflow from the blessings you give us so that all might know your love and grace. This we pray in the name of the one who taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Children, you're dismissed to Children's Church with Miss Catherine. And as they're leaving, I just want to say a little birdie told me to tell you happy anniversary, Catherine. <laughs>
Thank you. This week, uh, we continue a sermon series called Extraordinary. And we saved extraordinary, I believe the most extraordinary for last. This week, we look at extraordinary elements. God takes ordinary water and juice and bread and through the power of the Holy Spirit transforms us and transforms these elements into a means of grace which become pivotal points in our lives. I invite you to take your Bible and turn to the Gospel of Matthew, the third chapter. Matthew 3, starting at verse 13 through 17. Hear the good news. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and his example for all of us. And as we look to that example today, dear God, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable unto you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. When my daughter, Rachel, was going to be baptized as a baby, a lovely woman in the church where I served came up to me and she said, I have a special gift for you. I went to the Holy Land a few years ago and I brought back water from the Jordan River and I want you to have it for your daughter's baptism. Of course, I was so honored by such a kind gesture. My daughter could say she was baptized by the waters of the Jordan. Fast forward to the day of her baptism. The kind, gracious, generous lady brought me a glass jar with the water inside. Now, if you've ever been to the Holy Land, you know that they sell water that is purified and sealed for you to enjoy for many years. That was not what was in that glass jar. Imagine, if you will, that you went to the Coosa River, or better yet, the slough behind the mall where the Canadian geese like to frolic, and you took a glass jar and you put it in the water and and drew some water up, sealed the jar, and put it in your hot car for a week. That was what was in that jar. And as a germophobic first-time mother, I was convinced that this water had the power to eat through my daughter's brain. I was terrified. But I wanted to honor the gracious gift of this fine woman. So what did I do? I put a few drops of water in the font and the rest was purified chlorinated water from the tap. Now my daughter can still say that she was baptized from the waters of the Jordan. But the truth is that it doesn't matter because it's not the water, the quantity, the one baptizing, or even the one being baptized that makes the difference in the sacrament of baptism. It is God's presence with us through this powerful means of grace. The scripture reading for today is Jesus' baptism. He is about to begin his earthly ministry. And John has been in the wilderness baptizing people, and Jesus goes to him. John sees him and and says, no, I'm not going to baptize you. You should baptize me. And they go back and forth and finally work it out, and, and John baptizes Jesus. And as he comes out of the waters of the Jordan, the Holy Spirit, as a dove, alights on the Lord, and a voice from heaven booms, This is my Son in whom I am well pleased. 
Now, scholars differ on why Jesus was baptized. They say different reasons. One reason may be that as he was taking on our sins, we know that Jesus, sinless Son of God, did not need to be baptized for, our, for his sins, but instead he took on the sins of the world. Others would say that Jesus was baptized as an example to us. As he was baptized, we should be baptized also. Still, other scholars believe that this was an empowerment, a commissioning. As Jesus was about to begin his earthly ministry, about to face temptation in the wilderness and heading toward the cross, God commissioned him or empowered him for such work. Still others believe that this was affirmation of, of Jesus as the Messiah, to let people know that this was the Son of God. Whatever the case, Jesus was baptized. And in his baptism, we find a story, a calling, a connection for our own baptism. In the United Methodist Church, we have two sacraments. We have Holy Communion and Baptism. Next week, we'll focus on Holy Communion, but for today, as you can tell, we're focusing on Baptism. Sacraments in the United Methodist Church are, are called so because they're an extraordinary means of grace. There are ways God communicates his divine presence to us in a powerful way. So it's more than just water and bread and juice. It's God's presence holy touch points in our lives to communicate his love and grace for all of us. Baptism itself is our incorporation into God's holy church. We are marked as children of God. We are marked by the beloved to do his work. We are united into a family of faith. And it's an important part of, of all of our lives. It's an important part of our faith journey. Now, we should remember that while this is an incorporation into our family of faith, baptism does not save us. We are saved from our relationship with Jesus Christ. So in the United Methodist Church, we're a little bit different in our theology of baptism than some of the denominations around us. And people often have questions about those differences. First of all, they often ask, why do we baptize babies? Well, we do, but we also have believer's baptism. We baptize in both ways. And the reason we baptize babies is it's scriptural. Uh, the Bible gives us examples of entire households being baptized, including babies. Also, in addition to that, we baptize infants because of provenient grace, which means the grace that goes before. God loved you before you were born. He loves you before you are aware of his love. Even as a tiny baby, God loves you and marks you as a child of God. And with that, you're a part of this church family. As a baby, you are a part of God's saving work in this church family. Family. So that's why we baptize infants. Others would ask, would ask, why do you sprinkle? Well, we do sprinkle, but sprinkling is not the only mode of baptism. We also immerse and pour and sprinkle. In fact, I've baptized someone in the Coosa River, and that's kind of interesting in light of the story that I told at the beginning of the service. The reality is that it's not the amount of water which makes the difference. It's God's presence. And God is present with us if that's a small amount of water or immersion in water. Something else that sets us apart from other denominations is we do not rebaptize. We firmly believe that God got it right the first time, and we don't have to redo that. We also believe in the church with a big C, which means that we honor your baptism if you were baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we realize that the body of Christ, the church, is larger than First Methodist. So we celebrate the baptism when you were baptized, whether that be in another church, 
another United Methodist Church, or a church of another denomination. So do you remember your baptism? I do. I was a teenager, and I, I felt uh, God's saving grace come upon me at Camp Samatanga. And I came back to my home church, and I told my preacher, and I was baptized that Sunday at the communion rail of Mount Springs United Methodist Church, and I remember that day well. My church, while United Methodist, didn't have the tradition, or it wasn't common for babies to be baptized. So I was baptized with believer's baptism. But my daughter, as I shared earlier, was baptized through infant baptism. But it's a day she remembers. It happened before she had memories, but just as Rob and I stood before that congregation and agreed to help her remember and be raised in the church, so did that congregation. And you know what? That church helped her remember. They reminded her of her baptism. And when we moved to another church, that other congregation reminded her of her baptism. And so did the next congregation. And when she was confirmed in the church, when she made that decision for herself to be a follower of Jesus Christ, the church was with, their, with her to celebrate and help her remember her baptism. She remembers. Do you remember your baptism? Now, it might have been at an age before you had memories. It might have been when you were adult or a teenager. I, I don't know where, but I hope you do. Because your baptism is incorporation into God's mighty acts of faith and his saving grace and in the body of Christ. It is a holy moment, a foundation for our life in Christ. A church which I once served did uh, remember your baptism annually on baptism of the Lord Sunday. And so a couple, family, went out to eat afterwards, and they were having Chinese, and the son, who was easily distracted and here and there, looked up at his mother and said, do you see it? She had no idea what he was talking about. And he said, do you see that mark on my forehead that Reverend Sherry made? And she said, no. And he said, well, I thought you could see it because I can feel it. And his words had such an indelible impact on me because... I hope you not only remember your baptism, but I hope you feel it. I hope it's with you every day because that's your mark. That's your commissioning. Remember I told you a few weeks ago that you are a part of the priesthood of all believers. You are called to ministry, whether that be an infant or one of our senior most members. We are all ministers of the gospel, and that is affirmed at our baptism. We are the body of Christ working together to be Christ for the world. We are called. A few weeks ago, I heard a, a wonderful story about our bishop, Deborah Wallace Paget, and a fellow clergy person asked her about her call story. Tell us about your call to ministry. Well, he expected a, an extravagant, long-winding story about how she was called into ministry and eventually the episcopacy. But instead, she told a very common, ordinary story, one that is common to all of us. She simply looked at him and said, I was called at my baptism. You were called at your baptism. And I want you to remember that because what would appear to the world as ordinary water is extraordinary grace and an extraordinary opportunity for God to call us and use us in this world. So in response to that today, we're gonna remember our baptism. Now I remind you what I've said, this is not a rebaptism, but a remember your baptism. And I'm blessed that Reverend King Casey is going to assist me and so what we will do is I will offer a, a thanksgiving, a prayer of thanksgiving. And then if the Holy Spirit leads you, there's no pressure here. If, if you don't want to come forward, that's fine. If you want to come forward, I will either make a sign of the cross on your forehead. Or if you don't want me to touch your forehead, I can make a sign on your hand. Or if you do not want to be touched at all, you can simply stick your hand in the water and remember for yourself. 
So we're going to begin by asking the questions, the historic questions that are part of our baptism, whether that was answered on our behalf by our sponsors or we answered for ourselves. So do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? If so, say, I do. Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil and justice and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior and put your whole trust in his grace and promise to serve him as your Lord in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races? And now let us pray. Eternal God, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the dark waters and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those in the ark through water, and after the flood, you set in the clouds a rainbow. When you saw your people as slaves in Egypt, you led them to freedom through the sea. Their children you brought through the Jordan to the land you promised. In the fullness of time, you sent Jesus, nurtured in the water of a womb. He was baptized by John and anointed by your Holy Spirit. He called his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection to make disciples of all nations. Pour out your Holy Spirit and by this gift of water call to our remembrance the grace declared to us at our baptism. For you have washed away our sins and you've clothed us with righteousness throughout our lives that dying and rising with Christ we may share in his final victory. Amen. Come as the Holy Spirit leads.
is there anyone that needs to be served at their their seat? Anyone? Amen. It is my joy to announce that uh, my family at the nine o'clock service, Rob and Rachel and Libby united with First United Methodist Church by transfer of membership from another United Methodist Church. So if you happen to see them around, uh, welcome them. And uh, just want you to know today was a special day and I hope you felt God's presence like I did. Now if you'll stand for the benediction. And as you're standing, just a reminder that if you are called to respond to God's grace, either by transfer of membership, baptism, profession of faith, or if you have a prayer need, I'm available after service to meet with you. And now, go forth from this place. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.